Good afternoon and welcome to Good News Updates with Living Compassion. This is Ashwini and I'm, be, I'm pleased to be joined by Sherry. Hello, Ashwini. And we are actually sitting, looking out at Lost Mountain, which is a beautiful mountain that we could see from the property in Squim, Washington. That's exactly right. And we discovered uh, that it's called Lost Mountain uh, because regularly it just simply disappears. So uh, that is quite beautiful. And the way up at the top of it, the snow is starting to show up. The fall colors are exquisite. Anybody who thinks uh, the West Coast doesn't have fall colors um, hasn't really looked around at the right time of year. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been here for a couple of weeks now. Um, the, the property closed sometime at the end of September, and so we decided that it was time to give everyone an update on what we found out so far about the property and our evolving vision for that. So maybe, Sherry, you want to? Yeah, well, of course, as people know who've been following along, uh, what happened to us with the monastery is that uh, when the pandemic hit, um, I mean, over time, uh, it just became increasingly clear that it was untenable for us. It's 320 acres. Uh, we love it. We really wish we could take care of it the way it needs to be taken care of, but we just can't. And um, and yet we're inspired to help the planet as much as we can. So we uh, decided that having a smaller footprint would be the way to go and began to look around uh, at where that might be. And I've had a fascination for Scrim Washington since... I first learned about it because uh, when somebody told me about it, they called it Banana Belt. Uh, oh, Pacific Northwest with a Banana Belt. What is that like? Um, and so I actually began coming here about two and a half years ago, I guess, something like that. Um, and I just, I mean, I just fell in love with it. It's just probably the most beautiful uh, place that I've ever been in my life, and I've been in some beautiful places. Um, and so when it when it became clear that it was time for us to move, to me this was just the obvious place because with the global climate change, um, California, of course, is uh, you know running out of water in a big hurry. Uh, there's plenty of water here. The temperatures are glorious. It's, uh, it just seems like the perfect place to be. So, um, of course, when we started looking, we looked and looked and looked, and then when we found this 25-acre uh, piece of property, it just kind of had our name on it. So, mm-hmm. And it is truly 25 acres. It's got a, a large house on it that will become the retreat center for visiting monks. And it's, uh, that, that's primarily what we've been doing in the last couple of weeks is getting this place sort of uh, recovered from its previous ha- inhabitants. I mean, everything from water water is not uh, working, the pipes are not clean, the, um, there's no internet that's worth talking about, uh, the heating system is on the, the, the blink. So it's just been one uh, item after the other to get the house ready for when the monastery sells and uh, the residents move up here. And uh, so, so it's a house on 25 acres close to the road. It's on Lost Mountain Road, uh, surrounded by mountains. It's just absolutely gorgeous, snow-capped peaks around. We have forests on three sides of the property. And what we're learning about the property 
um, is simply that it's actually on a riverbed, like on a wetland area. It's a tributary to the Dungeness River watershed, and so it's in a valley. And so when we, one of the things that Cherry mentioned in the letter that went out to Sangha is that the planet consciousness is something that we want to embody in how we live. We've always done that at the monastery, but we want to do that at a much more um, intrinsic, sort of inherent, like orientation level uh, with the land itself. Well, and we could say more immediate, because uh, even though we were always concerned about uh, taking good care of the land, the trees, the water, the everything, the creatures, everything that was there, it, the the need was not so obvious as mm-hmm. it is now. When if we all don't turn our lives around, uh, there isn't going to be a planet for us to inhabit. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the the place that we want to be coming from. So I think where you were going with that is, I wanted to grow bamboo because uh, bamboo is very fast growing. It um, it sequesters carbon really effectively. And uh, so I thought, great, let's uh, plant bamboo forests. 25 acres. 25 acres of bamboo. What a deal. And then we found out uh, it's not native. And um, in fact, in the United States, there's so little uh, native um, trees or shrubs or flowers or anything else that that's, of course, how we're losing the planet because the insects can't thrive and then the birds can't thrive and the bees can't thrive, and uh, pretty soon, of course, as we've noticed, the humans are not thriving. So we've made a commitment to give up that uh, ambition and and just go with native plants and restoring this 25 acres to what it was before humans started messing with it. And it is, uh, humans have been messing with it because this land is on a riverbed, but it has been uh, used to graze cattle for the most part, and so it's actually, we could say, abused in some yeah. way, and it's water tape. I mean, it's not been allowed to be the stream bed that it, uh, it was, and uh, it, it's covered with the kinds of grasses that are not native and are inhabiting. Uh, they're actually invasive grass species that are growing on these 25 acres and thistles and things that don't attract the bees and the birds that are native to this area. And we've been actually working with a hydrologist who um, is assisting us to think about how we could return this land to a stream bed and to cultivate it or populate it with vegetation that, would, that grows in this area. I mean, there's beautiful conifers and willows and uh, plants that are native maples. and maples that are native to this area and that we could reconstruct the stream bed that's no longer there on this property and basically, in, on most of it, um, rehabilitate that uh, river environment and make it a sanctuary once again for native plants, native uh, birds, and uh, pollinators. And mm-hmm. so that, I think, is the vision and over time. And it's a long-term vision. Yeah. It's not going to happen overnight. But we think that at least getting an understanding of the ecology of this place will assist us with the vision of what we want to undertake. Yeah, and, and there's still, even with that, there's enough uh, acreage that we can uh, have the, the pollinator flowers and shrubs, and we can grow fruit trees. That I don't know if I've told people that one of the shocking 
almost heartbreaks of my young life was finding out that uh, Washington does not have a single native apple tree. I mean, that's just, <laughs> I, I was just speechless because Washington apples, I mean, they, they, they go together like love and marriage or whatever. The, anyway, um, and so, uh, but everybody says, yeah, but it's, it's okay. You, it's okay. They've been here so long, they're almost native, right? And so we can have an orchard and we can have the... Well, the we could grow crab apples. That, that's right. They, yeah, they are, they're native and the birds and everybody else loves crab apples. So, uh, yeah, we want to do that. So it, it's just a huge education. Um, the, the, as Shwini mentioned, all of the, the things with the house, I mean, it's true. The house was built in 2009. You wouldn't think <laughs> so much could go wrong with the house in that length of time. But, you know, if you don't do anything to maintain something, uh, even in that number of years, you can, you can lose a lot. Um, and so the advantage of all of that is we have met the most wonderful people and the most wonderful support people. Uh, we've got a stellar handy guy, um, and uh, we've met the, a, a woman who uh, uh, specializes, her nursery is just native plants, and, um, and uh, as Shwini mentioned, the hydrologist who is just an encyclopedia of everything ecology, um, and so we feel like we have just marvelous support and resources that are opening up for us. And, um, and being wonderfully people, guided. Wonderfully guided. Just wonderfully guided, even through Mercury retrograde. And uh, I truly think people are, are going to love it here. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, I, I think people are just going to love it. And it's funny, uh, when, when I was looking around up here, uh, Sunny Squim, you know, everybody knows Sunny Squim. And it's shocking, the number of people in the Sangha who, who know about Squim, Washington. Um, well, I mean, there's a big part of our song that lives in, in uh, this, yeah, and uh, this part of Washington. And 30 minutes across from yeah. Vancouver. Ferry rides. Victoria. And, yeah, there's uh, people in D.C. Uh, so, uh, at any rate, um, where were we going with that? <laughs> oh, Sunny Squint. Yeah. And uh, so, I think the... Uh, Chamber of Commerce as uh, you know, 305 sunny days out of the year. Well, that's way more than we've got in California, I think. And uh, so asking people about it, they laugh and go, well, yeah, it may only be, you know, five minutes out of the day, but the sun will shine and we count it. <laughs> and uh, so we have really been very pleasantly surprised at the amount of sun. And uh, Christian, the hydrologist, um, he, he, was, he was saying, you know, well, this is so much wetter than where you were in California, and actually it isn't. It has the same rainfall uh, as Calaveras County, but the difference is it rains all year. Mm -hmm. We get it from December to January in great uh, gushes, and then it dries out for the, the next 10 months out of the year. Here it's just it's raining, so for the next uh, six days in the weather report, there's rain every day. But it'll rain for, you know, 30 or 40 minutes, and then it clears up, and the sun will come out, and it's absolutely exquisite. So. Mm -hmm. Well, a couple of things before we come to the end of the, the interview. One being that, uh, obviously, it's, a, it's, an oh, it's an exquisite piece of property, mm -hmm. and it's the chance and opportunity for everyone in Sangha to make it their own, mm -hmm. uh, to participate in 
the, the fences that need to be built and the fences that need to be turned down and the gardens that have to be planted and the herb gardens that are going to come up and the greenhouses and rehabilitating the riverbed. And it's just going to be, just like Cantalomba was a development project for relationship with an absolutely phenomenal community, this is going to be the relationship with an absolutely phenomenal, beautiful piece of land. Yeah. And it will be a living compassion embodied in earth and planet friendliness. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the community that we're going to create over here. It's obviously not ready for that. It's no. way, I mean, we're not, the, not even at the foundational level, foundation level yet with this piece of property. But that is the hope that as the pandemic um, becomes better and lessens, um, we'll have the opportunity to have people out here working the land and uh, creating this new center. And so um, it also depends, of course, in terms of our uh, financial ability to do much for the monastery to actually sell. And just a little bit of an update on that before we end. Um, uh, as you mentioned in the letter, we've contracted with a nonprofit that puts people looking for land with stewards of land, uh, or people who want land stewarded with people looking to steward land. And so we created what was, what's known as a request for proposal or request for prayer that is being sent out to uh, interested parties uh, soliciting uh, proposals for uh, for their, for, for their purchasing that land, that, that the, the, the land that is the monastery. So again, we'll send out a little email about that. And if people are interested in, people know people who are interested in 320 acres for stewardship reasons, uh, and it's all outlined in the RFP, let us know and we'll send you the RFP to send out. Um, and if you're just interested in finding out what we put together in order to uh, hand over this piece of land for stewardship, please respond to that email and we'll see. You yeah, the only thing we request, of course, is that it, nobody posts it on the Internet. That yeah. We'll ask you to <laughs> sign an NDA. Um, and I, I wanted to say one other thing, Ashmay, before we go, um, and that is that, that it, <laughs> as people who know me know, I like to involve everyone I know in everything that I'm interested in because it's just, uh, it's just how I roll. And... Um, so as we do this and as the, the practice turns increasingly toward the interconnectedness of all life as, as something that we're, we're really focusing more on, um, I'm hoping that people wherever they are um, around the world will begin to, will, will go on this journey with us. And not just, it's not just going to happen here on these 25 acres, but everybody where they are. So um, that, that we learn more about how to take out invasive species from where we live and plant native plants and find out what butterflies want habitat where you are and uh, the bees, what do they like and what, who are the migrating birds and what do they need as they come by. Um, and that, that we all begin to uh, turn our attention to that sort of thing. Um, and so if people are interested in that, uh, you know, I'm not going to foist it on anybody, but if people are interested in that, I would love to know because, um, uh, you know, if you live in a, a condo or an apartment and just got a patio or a little deck or something, you can do a lot of really good stuff in a really small space. So 
to make that part of the regular mm -hmm. conversation. Really yeah, in really fact, we're starting about. to think about how stewards could be involved in owning pieces of research and we create a website that creates a lot more awareness about how to do container gardens and how, do we, how are we doing composting and how are we doing zero waste and um, that kind of conversation becomes much more, I mean, what are the medicinal herbs that we're growing and just, that just becomes part of the conversation of, um, and the word is biomimicry, but there's a, such a tremendous intelligence that we can learn from and participate with as we evolve um, yeah, this new place. Yeah, and, and that it's not, we, we, so much of what we do is just around awareness practice, just for an individual becoming more aware, which is wonderful. I mean, that, that, that is kind of the whole deal. And yet to realize, um, it, to take that beyond, to, to feel... The, the authentic nature of all that is, mm -hmm. not, not just as it animates me uh, or you, or, uh, but as it animates all. And, and, and such a connected. concrete, compassionate yeah. action orientation. Yeah. 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 Well, it's all very exciting. And so two things to look forward to is the little email on the RFP and also Sherry's blog on this place and what we're finding out that we're working on trying to get out as soon as, as, soon as we get out from under. As soon as we get yeah. internet. <laughs> yes, and heat and, uh, and drinking water that's, that's drinkable and that sort of thing. Yeah, right. then we're going we're gonna to go with that. Something that might go up, a car that might go up the hill in the snow. Yeah. Those kinds of little things. So, uh, and I know, I'm sorry, Michael, I'm sorry everybody who wanted to talk about something else tonight, but... Um, uh, one of the things that we discovered, um, so California, you know, we, I mean, we, uh, the water is such a deal. Everybody knows uh, what we went through to get those giant tanks on the property so that we could catch the water off the building and have enough water to get through the hot summer and that sort of thing. So here we found out that we don't actually have, we have an artesian well. It's not a, it's not a regular well, uh, you know, with a pipe down in it and that sort of thing, casing and all of that. It just comes out of, the wa uh, out of the ground, right? And so the fellow was out looking at it because the water is very funky uh, with calcium and, and iron and that sort of thing. And he said, <laughs> he said uh, there's good news and bad news about this. He said the good news is you have so much water coming out of that well that if you lost power in the house, you could just hook a, uh, hook a, a hose up to that and just run the water into the house, okay? Uh, he said the bad news is that if that thing ever blows, oh, my God. <laughs> and so to go from just almost a paranoid relationship with, with water to how do we deal with more water under this ground and available to us uh, than we would be able to deal with? That would make a stream out of it. Yes, that, that would turn this place back into a riverbed in a hurry. So yeah. it's just it's fun. Well, stay tuned and more soon from, uh, from here. From Squim. Yeah, from Squim. All right. Thanks, All right. everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Michael, turning this Yes, thank over. you, Michael. Sure. Thanks for the thanks for the update. That's great. Good afternoon and welcome to Open Air and welcome Jen. Thank you, Michael. That was a fun conversation, wasn't it? 
Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Where to start on that? We could spend the next, whatever it is, 50 minutes elaborating yes. on that. So fun. So fun. Yes. So much yes. in it. So much in it. Yeah, 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 from every direction. And uh, the irony about the water, that's uh, fascinating from one extreme to the other. Yeah, and it's funny to be stewarding both places simultaneously right now. Mm. There's sort of a poetry to that, you know. <laughs> right. Um, it's really quite quite beautiful in many ways, especially because it just has all those pieces of sort of there's the, the, the bittersweetness of the letting go that happens, but taking such good care of, you know, both places and all of it still being an unknown and adventure. And I really, I am so enthusiastic about the, well, all of what Ashwini and Sherry were just talking about, but just that place of, you know, like everything we do, just being led, you know, oh, bamboo, yes, oh, that's so great. Let's plant bamboo, right, because the carbon capture and the, and then to find out, well, actually, you know what, in this particular situation, bamboo is not the thing. Okay, what is the thing? (laughs) You know, there's just that complete willingness to be led to what makes sense here, you know, this here now. I love that. Yes, yes, yes. Really being responsive to the moment and what's possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that exploration, that that Sangha-wide exploration that we'll be on of, you know, what are the pollinator flowers that we want to plant and the medicinal herbs and the, you know, just all the things that together as a Sangha we can really take care of our our brand new home of practice. It's so exciting. That's very exciting. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I have announcements here, Jen. Okay, great. As you know, Jen, gratitude wants to give. So join us this Sunday, October 24th, for the workshop, Let's Tie Our Chitenge for Someone. The second in a series of four workshops supporting Living Compassion Zambia. The workshops are a fun, engaging way to support the extraordinary work of transformation in Cantalomba. Yeah, I thought we had so much fun on Sunday, so I really do. Anyone yes. who hasn't joined us yet, please jump in because it's it's really we're having a great time and we're doing it right alongside with the folks in Cantalomba. So. We get to hear during the workshops from Teresa about what the folks in Cantalomba are doing for their focus, and yeah, it's great. Yes, yes, I was thrilled and amazed when I heard Teresa's voice last weekend. That was that was great. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're already meditating in the morning or wish to start, enjoy the extra support of meditating with Sangha with virtual meditation groups. The 30-minute conference call meditation sessions happen seven days a week. For a complete schedule and for other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. And a few reminders for today's show. If you'd like to get in the queue to talk with Jen, press star six and then one to make gas show. And a conversation on one topic, please, in about five minutes is great. Okay, Jen, I think we are ready here. All right. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? 
Hi, yeah, this is Melissa, formerly of Seattle and now in Hawaii. Hi, Melissa. Oh, hey, Hi, Melissa. Ben. Hi, Michael. Hi. Hey. So I'm you so know excited the new... that you're in Washington. That neck of the woods, yeah, how fun, huh? <laughs> yeah, I just moved um, a year ago this month away from there, but I go back a lot, and I'm hoping I'll get to see you guys in Squim. It's such a beautiful oh, area. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, I'm looking forward to it. That's that's one part of the country that I have been to, but I don't know it well. Um, but I just, I'm so looking forward to being there and exploring, and I love being outdoors, and so I just, I can't wait. So, great. <laughs> Um, I'm calling because I've had a wild thing happen, and I don't really have a question, but I want to share it. It okay. was um, big and upsetting and not really surprising in retrospect, but I just want to share. Um, I was, as you know, I was really involved with going to retreats and very into recording and listening for a number of years, and then I stopped. I I had a lot of breakthroughs and a lot of growth and a lot of joy. And I decided that I was going to focus instead on joy and that looking at resistance was not my bag. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just like, I decided I'd outgrown that and I was going to try something else. And it was all right for a while. Um, And I actually made a lot of strides in certain ways a lot of waking up, Um, but I didn't have a sound structure around it. It was kind of hit or miss and like really big strides at certain times. Anyway, what happened was recently, like in the last month, um, ego, self-hate, whatever, I don't even, egocentric karmic conditioning, snuck up and bit me in the ass really hard. I... um, Mm. I had just like a shame attack that went from, I call it shame for short, um, from like zero to 60, like I hadn't had in 15 years. And it ended in, um, it ended in suicidal ideation. And I'm talking about inside of like three hours and I'm not depressed. You know, I don't have, I haven't felt that way since, well, for 25 years. Um, I mean, off and on, I would have little occasions when, like, I was upset about some particular thing, but this was out of nowhere. And I just immediately knew, and it was really wild because right around that time, the monastery's email came in about moving to Mm -hmm. swim, and I was like, well, there you go. I'm just going to return to that, and I am returning to recording and listening and having quite a bit of resistance, but I'm Right, I'm recording about that as well, and I'm just going to stick with it this time. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to share that. I mean, I'm back in yeah. a good place now, uh-huh. and I was in a good place within a few hours, but wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, it's, you know, it's kind of the thing of, it's why we call it the worthy opponent, right? So, you know, so, so much in what you laid out. So when you were recording and listening some years back, really getting a lot from it, sort of, you know, really sounds like it moved your practice forward. And then this sense of, sounds like a conversation started up of, you know what, I'm going to really focus on joy and, I, you know, not so much the resistance. And that you went along for a while and saw a lot, grew in many ways, and then, boom, something happens and it just came and got you within a matter of hours. And that's the part that can be so humbling, isn't it, to see wow, 
the power that it has over us to create that, as you said, shame attack, right, for egocentric karmic conditioning self-hate to come in so strongly and take the attention to such a level that there's that suicidal ideation that comes in with it, kind of all the way down to that in such a short period of time. And it was over nothing, Jen. It was over nothing. It wasn't like someone died or I got in a car wreck or, you know, whatever the things are that I would normally think would, you know, bring terrible feelings. Like nothing. Yeah. 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 And isn't that amazing that, I mean, just the whole way that you, you know, I project worked with it and stayed with it because then that that email comes in from the monastery, right? It's just that place we can get religious. (laughs) Oh, you know, the monastery is moving to swim. It, you know, you you receive that as kind of a almost like a home, a come home, right? An invitation to oh, come I home, did. and you do, right? That yes. place of, you know, yes, what? I'm I going did. back. I signed up for, and everything. I'm not leaving this time. You did good for you. <laughs> yes, good for you. Yeah, yeah. Because even if yeah. it takes years, I know now. Yes, I think I respect it in a way I didn't before. Uh, yeah, I respect it. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of that, you know, it takes leaving for to really see what it is sometimes, right? To have the experience yeah. of, oh, I get the importance of it now. I see how crucial that is. Yes. And and I had this feeling at first, I thought, I thought, <laughs> it's sort of like people who say they don't need to go to therapy because, well, you know how they say if you're going to therapy, there's something wrong with you. I had one of those moments where I was like, if I have to do that, then I'm acknowledging that it has a hold over me. But you know what? <laughs> Turns out it had a hold over me anyway. Exactly. Just because it's back there and I'm not looking at it doesn't mean it isn't in the driver's seat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think I'm sort of accepting that this is just part of being alive is watching that thing. Yes. Yes. And which is really different than focused on it, isn't it? Being aware mm, that it's thank there, you for that. right? Always wanting to, always ready to take us down. As soon as there's a blip in our attention, it's waiting. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It's waiting there to completely take us down. So to have it in mm-hmm. awareness, which is really different than all of your attention being consumed in it. Oh, my God, thank you for saying that. That makes me feel better. Yes. Yes. And maybe that was the mistake I made in the first place, was assuming that all of my attention needed to be on it all the time, and I was rejecting that when that wasn't Mm -hmm. even true. Because, you know, the other curiosity I had as you were talking about it, Melissa, is so that focus on joy, which is a huge part of practice, I mean, I – in many ways, I could say that's something that drew me to this particular practice was the humor and the lightness that I saw in this practice and the guide in particular. And so is there a sense that the recording and listening practice, you haven't seen a way for that joy to be a focus in your recording and listening practice yet? Oh, my God, no, that is not true. When I was doing it, I, I would do it multiple times a day for for a full year, and then I tapered off. 
And I remember calling a few times because I was like, I don't know why I'm tapering off, but then these excuses came up. And I remember considering it a symphony. I thought it was so beautiful and expansive and joyful. I loved doing it. And I would listen to myself and I would pick up another thread and expand on that. It was absolutely joyful. So, yes, I think I bought an entire crock with this one. <laughs> so, God, it's so handy to have that skill of humility, isn't it? <laughs> Just, it that will yes. take us a long way. Yeah. Because the beauty, I mean, the beauty of awareness practice is that it's about the present moment. So as soon as you see something so big like that, oh my gosh, I just woke up to the biggest crock. Boom, it's done. That's it. You don't have to think about it again. You don't have to consider, well, how did that happen? And why did I? Nope. Because right now in this moment, it's completely hit the reset button. You've got your recording and listening practice back. And now you have the information that you can completely focus on that joy that you feel and that you're so drawn to. You're recording and listening as an ally in that. Yes, I can remember that and go back to that. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. am really happy about it. Thank you. It is big. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for calling in to to talk about it. It's so fun. I project, you know, we all get so much from hearing stories like that. Thanks. Great talking to you. Thanks, Melissa. You too. Take good care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us, Melissa. And uh, that was a great conversation, Jen. And yes, very humbling and a worthy opponent. And uh, many reasons to practice for me. Yeah, exactly. And just how good it is when, I mean, that, that voice is so wily. And how it's so, we always talk about how crucial Sangha is, right? To be able to say yes. out loud the things that don't make any sense at all. But when they're in our head, they do, right? So that thing of like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on joy. So I don't, I'm not really into resistance. So I'm going to set aside recording and listening without realizing, wait a minute, I was having the best time recording and listening. In fact, it was mm. completely joyful. Mm. But, but it's just so good at bamboozling us and, and saying things like that that we just react to because we don't see the untruth in it. And then we do, yes. you know, and then we have that life loves us moment and we're, we wake up from it and we're right back here. Yes, yes, yes. Jen, I had a moment today when I was recording and it occurred to me that for karma that I struggle with that I'm only going to talk about that with the recorder. <laughs> we're not going to have just we're not going to have just inside <laughs> no sound conversations it's got to be out loud with the recorder <laughs> oh I love I oh I've had those moments too Michael and it's so oh. fun the voices hate it right because yes. it keeps trying to start that conversation and my response is always okay that's fine yeah hang on one yep. sec let me just record <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then it tends to go silent doesn't it? Yes. Because it yes. doesn't want to talk about it on the recorder. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> so good. Amazing. Great. And we have another caller here. Okay. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Yeah, hi. This is Lori calling from Asheville, North Carolina. Hey, Lori. Hi, Lori. Hey. Hi. Hi, everybody. Um <laughs> Well, this has been um, quite a 
quite a thing to be listening to um, the call and well there's, there's something really going on for me that's that's I can't find my way out of it and so that's why I'm calling mm-hmm. in um, but also I do want to say that I've been working on my the piece of property that I live on um, for a number of years and I was so in, just excited to hear about the the property in Squim and realizing, gosh, I've been doing that here pretty much by myself yeah. and just loving to, to mm-hmm. feel like I'm stewarding this, this piece of property. Anyway, so that, that was one thing that happened. Oh, well, what? But it, just, just briefly, Lori, do, what's that? Yeah. Oh, I said it's, it's a big thing. Yeah. It is big. And it's, it's so, it really drives it home as you're saying that, that potential that Sherry was talking about that, you know, you're doing that already on your property. And now this opens up a whole Sangha-wide conversation and support, right? Because you know, you know people are doing things all over the place. And -and so-and-so is going to have an idea that the rest of us haven't thought of, and you're going to bring something to the table that we haven't thought of, and then something's going to, and it's all just going to spark, 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 spark. And it's so, it's so aligned with practice, you know, paying attention to where we are. Right, I, taking oh, I care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and when I realized that you know the native plants in Squim or in in Murphy's or here they're yeah. different. I mean, it's all kind of different. And at the same time, just the I am removing invasives, and so that looks like mm-hmm. <laughs> English ivy here, which which isn't somewhere else. But but just to know that yes, we're we're on a journey that has to do with our relationship to the land, which for me is and, um. um so um, it's just so deep. So I'm grateful for that. It is so and, deep. Yeah. And, and isn't that perfect, that process? It's exactly practice, right? What we're doing is we're, we're removing what's invasive, so authenticity, so it's actually <laughs> oh native and so just great. live. Oh, yeah. you know, I love, I love that because I keep saying, oh, I'm creating space, I'm creating space. But, yeah. but that whole thing that I'm removing invasive. <laughs> So that's what I'm calling about because I've got one that's really going deep. Um, okay, good. That has to has to do with um, something that I I did out of just unconsciousness. I mean, that's the only way I can say it really. Mm-hmm. That um, that seemed apparently to cause harm. I I have not been able to. I reached out to um, the people that were affected and. It's it's a couple who are actually very dear friends of mine, and um, they haven't responded to me. You know, I, I reached out to say, oh, I real, realized that I did something that I didn't check it out with you, and um, and I really regret that, and I'd like to, you know, have a conversation, and and there's been no response. And so what's been happening for the past week is that um, feels like I'm living in this that this invasive. Um, takeover of um, what a terrible person I am that I would do such a mm-hmm. thing and that it's so bad that they that that my friends won't even talk to me so um, mm-hmm. I, I was like wow I, I'm not sure really I mean I've been doing lots right. and lots of recording and listening and mm-hmm. you know bringing in the mentor and and but but there's just that place where I feel really stuck in it Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy, it's just so one of those really challenging places where something happened, you know, with this couple who you care a lot about, yeah. and you feel like, you know, it may have caused harm, and you've reached out, but you haven't had a response, and so it sounds like for about a week or so, 
really, the voices have really been coming at you. What a terrible person you are to have done this thing, that sort of thing. And that it's been really hard. You've been doing recording and listening, but it's been really hard. You're still feeling stuck in it currently. Mm-hmm. 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 And yeah, what's, whether, the, what's the yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Whether well, I was just going to say that that you know I can move in and out of feeling okay, I'm all right, but like I'll wake up in the middle of the night and then it'll yeah. just be like this yeah. dread coming in again. So yeah, I I, I yeah. can't seem to find my way home, you know, really, or my way to any freedom from it. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. And what's the recording and listening been like with it? What kinds of things have come up when you've done that? Well, I've been doing um, a lot of two-handed recordings and mm-hmm. um, and just um, being reminded. Part of part of what I what I am looking at is how the whole process of suffering around being talked into something and then and then doing it and then feeling you know this just incredible self-hate and all of that other stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and then being being beaten up for doing something that you were talked into doing all that whole process and so mm-hmm. trying to kind of unravel that process and just to see what how it what happened you know going into this pretty much an unconscious place with not mm-hmm. any ill will it wasn't like intentionally going out to cause harm and then in exactly. retrospect seeing oh yeah because of who they are and what the hell whatever whatever. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and being reminded that um, it's not that, it, it's just, it, you know, the, the recording and listening has been more along the lines of um, just the, the reassurance that, you know, that, that I'm not an evil person, that I'm not a terrible yeah. person, that yeah. I'm actually, you know, that I, I don't know, sometimes it's hard to get to it, to, to say that. Um, from the mentor, just to offer reassurance and and um, they're remembering that. Well, you know, is there anything further that you want to do as far as reaching out? What else do you need right mm-hmm. now as far as mm-hmm. to feel the, the sense of connection and support to um, to life and to um, you know to really knowing that that I'm loved. Um, in spite of anything, um, so that's that's kind of what's been happening with recording and listening. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, so real, I mean, essentially, really going up against some of the very, very core suffering. It sounds like that yeah. happens for you. Yeah, and yeah. and working with it, right? Working with yeah. it, yeah. and it's a, yeah. you know that place of there. It sounds like there are at least moments of clarity of you know setting out with the best of intentions. There was no ill will in it, right? Right. And right. some unconsciousness, yes. But that, that place that feels so crucial that you're pointing at of getting talked into something. Okay, yeah. yeah. And we do. We all do. We got talked into things. And then something happens. And then the voices come back in, the very same voices, right? I mean, that's the crucial thing to remember Right? It comes in one door to talk us into it and then comes in the back door to beat us up for it. And <laughs> oh, God. It's, yeah. Right? It's so, yeah. But it's so challenging because there are the sensations that go with it and the incessant stories wake you up in the middle of the night, as you said. It can be really challenging. It, something that, that touches this deeply can stick around for a while. Yeah, it does. And, and then just the, the whole 
I mean, in during this period of, of all the with COVID and everything, just feeling some isolation, and, and this was a place, or, or you know, kind of like extended friendship that that I count on. You know, that I count. Oh, good. This is, you know, I, I really love these people, and it's so great to be with them, and all like that. And and then just to realize, gosh, you know, maybe, and that's where you know the the additional suffering of like, what have I done to lose something that I that matters so much to me? So. So that's, there's a huge lot of, of torment in that and then projecting into the future about, you know, how lonely I am or whatever. It's, it's, yeah. it's like I can't escape <laughs> all, the, all the angles of torture. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's that kick us when, they're, when we're down place, right? Yeah, they're exactly. just You can just see yeah. the voices back there rubbing their, their imaginary little hands together. So, <laughs> oh, know. you know, pull, oh, pulling out cool. all the stops. You know, you said something that seems so important a minute ago, Lori, where you were saying that, you know, the mentor keeps offering messages like, you know, and what support do you need right now, right, in this? So there's that practical place of is there anything else you want to do to reach out? You know, and maybe there is, maybe there isn't. You know, you sounds like you've already reached out in one sense, and so, you know, there's not a lot you can do about that. Maybe they'll respond, maybe they won't, don't know how they'll respond, but it sounds like that mentoring message is one of, and, and what do you need right now? What yeah. would be supportive to you in this? Given that this is the situation we have right now, you know, how can I help? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's one of those places from what you lay out where it's, it's one of a workshop where we're really against the unconditional, right? It's, it's pointing at all the places that are still conditional for us. And so a workshop like this, at least in my experience, in my own practice, when something gets triggered so deeply like that, and then, as you say, it kind of pulls on all the threads. Oh, you know, but these, this was a really important relationship, and what's going to happen in the future, and how lonely I am now, and, you know, kind of pulling out all the places that <laughs> it can often yeah. feel like this is a place to really... I'm being offered the opportunity to practice with the unconditional here. You know, can Lori be loved unconditionally in this place? Yeah, well, it's, that's, that's really it when it keeps coming down, back to it. And it's kind of like what I want from my friends. Can't you just love me mm. unconditionally? Can't you? Can't exactly. You that what I did was not out of harm. And so... And kind of counting on that, that okay. oh that'll give me the the relief that I need which which exactly. is true and so yeah. it does come back home to well where is for me where is the unconditional that that could say even yeah of course this even with this this uh, the exactly. unconditional love that's available and that's true yeah. it's you know it's trying to talk in a way I can I can hear conditioning going well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, you're yeah, sort of unconditional, you know, but just don't ever do anything like that again. And remember, you wrote, wow, <laughs> exactly. and I know, yeah. wanting to take yeah. over what it would exactly. mean to actually live in the unconditional and what it means is yeah. actually unconditional. And, boy, that's such a big one, isn't yeah. it? That whole notion of it's the unconditional. That's a big one. Only place that I can yeah. get it is from life or from myself, yeah. sort of. I mean, it's it's not like... Anybody else who's also struggling with their own conditional stuff, you know, because we all are, but that, I, that yeah. there is a place to live within my heart in the unconditional. That's right. That, that's, that's what right. I'm hearing. And, and towards myself, 
that's that's the biggest one, isn't it? Isn't that a pretty big challenge yeah. sometimes? Oh my, a huge, the probably the <laughs> biggest challenge. Because let's yeah. face it, you know, if your friend, you know, tomorrow morning they send an email saying, "Oh my gosh, we've been out of town, didn't get your message." Oh no, don't worry, don't sweat it, Lori. It was no big deal, right? The relief yeah. I project that would be there with that would be huge. But that's not the same as the the car, the sort of suffering that's being triggered being dismantled. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, I guess. Say yes and thank you and I love you. <laughs> Even though it's like yeah. I feel like I'm going through hell, but it's it's like I know that that, and I'm so glad to be reminded of that, Jen. It's like this is the opportunity of a dismantling exactly. at this deep level. Exactly. The the yep. ideas about yeah, not that though. I can love this and this, but not that. Uh huh. Exactly. Uh-huh. And yeah. and I think you know, for me, Lori, in my own practice, when I look at places like that, the place that that I find so reassuring is that that it's that, okay, draw a larger circle of acceptance. And can I be with her now in that this is really challenging for her and she doesn't want to be woken up in the middle of the night and she really wishes that, you know, these friends would respond to her and say, oh, no, it's all okay, we're all good now. You know, and that's, all of that is okay too. And that's, that is the place it feels like of practicing the unconditional, right? So it's not like yeah. you need to buck up and stop feeling this way. And no, it's okay. Whatever reaction there is to the whole thing, all of that's okay. All of it. All of it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talk about this all the time, but but to actually be experiencing kind of that that level of of discernment and uh, of I mean disturbance and discombobulation just gives, gives a huge invitation to practice. Like, it does, a huge okay. invitation. And you called into the show with it, and you're recording it. Right? That's, I, yeah. You know, one other, one other image that dropped in, Lori, that I feel like has been so helpful in my practice is the place that Sherry talks about of that front row seat, right, to the so yeah. something's triggered and you're right up against it, that I've often heard her say that is one of the most helpful places in practice. You know, it's great to be completely disidentified with it. Right. But in that place where it all feels so real and you're practicing with it, that's a really helpful place in practice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, if I could not have to have this, that would be preferable. (laughs) And, and, And it's like, I mean, what I can sense the possibility of freedom you know, that yeah. seems really close by really that, that would say, yeah, exactly. even in this, then where, where is, where's the practice and where is the, the possibility? So, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I, I was, you know, I was thinking, oh, should I call? I, think, oh, I, don't know if I, I don't want to be seen, but you know what? I think it's great. I'm glad I called in really because, oh, yeah, because yeah. just to get this out and to get some guidance around it and, to yeah. realize, you know, that I, here I am being human once again, right? And exactly. the struggles, right? Yeah, yeah. And what doesn't want to be seen? Ego doesn't want to be seen. I because know. when it's seen, there's that clarity that that's not me. <laughs> None of that is Thank me. you. Yeah, thanks for that. That's uh, what doesn't want to be seen. That's it exactly. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's what I think I love about this practice. It's like whatever is going on, people call and talk about it. And it's, it's like, exactly. oh, yeah, good. Okay, yeah. see, what, what's there to, to see? 
what's there that's mm-hmm. wanting not to be seen, and then mm-hmm. where's our practice here? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, wow. yeah, that that is the signature of this practice. There is nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I can live that here. I'm not not always going to get that from right. outside. And exactly. I get to live, and I get to also certainly connect with Sangha. So, yeah. oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lori. Take good yeah. care. Okay. Thanks. Gosho. All right. Gosho. Thanks for joining us, Lori. And I loved every bit of that conversation, Jen. It was fabulous. And especially that piece about can I find the the relief, the unconditional from inside, you know, first, or, you know, independent of whatever they come back and say. Yep, exactly so. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. if I always get, quote, my way, I'll never be forced through to actually get to see what I am and receive that, receive that unconditional. Yes, exactly. So it does become a gift. Yes. And Jen, we're going to hear from our recording and listening program, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. Okay, great. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. Recording and listening is one of the most powerful tools for ending suffering. RL is based on a radical idea that rather than being lost in a conversation in conditioned mind, we can live in a conversation about what's true, what's real, what's arising in life in the moment. With recording and listening, we develop the powerful skill of directing the attention, enabling us to access the wisdom, love, and compassion that is our authentic nature. We have two RL classes to train in this amazing tool and experience its benefits. The first is a five-week experiential class designed for newcomers and old-timers alike. We'll do exercises together in class to learn the techniques, Then between classes, we'll practice those techniques. The second, True Reflections, lasts six weeks and builds on the first class, assisting us to further cultivate a friendship of a lifetime that will support us through the undulations of a human existence. These courses are offered quarterly. Please check the website and look for announcements for upcoming start dates. Experience the joy of presence with the support of recording and listening. Welcome back to Open Air. And Jen, we have another caller here. All right. Next caller, you are now live on the air. And would you please introduce yourself? Oh, hey, it's Anne from the Big Apple Island of Manhattan in New York City. Hi, Anne. Hey, Anne. Hi. The moon is amazing right now. It's I can't. Oh, even, can't wait! So You're sending it our way. I hope. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. I I'm very grateful that I'm have a backyard in in the city, and I'm out here with my dogs. And I was and just picking up the gift that always gives, and I was wrapping it up and put it in the gift basket. And I look up and I see the moon. It's and it's it's breathtaking. But I really, I'm just calling to say hi. Here I am, and I miss uh, showing up, and I'm back, and um, so happy. 
Lovely to hear your voice. Yeah. We're <laughs> Thank you. Having a homecoming show today. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I started doing a record you know, reflective listening buddies today as well. And um, oh, fun. a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, mm, I'm a do- I do dog training now and I haven't huh? made time for practice. Just because uh-huh. no no voices in my head while I just I just didn't have space for it, let's say. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. I decided, why don't I bring the dogs into meditation with me? And so I've been scheduling so we do meditation. They can do their place practice while I do meditation. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> so, perfect. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, just um, so grateful for the... Um, Sanda and Sherry and you and Michael and I listened a couple weeks ago to old open air and I just heard all these voices and I'm like oh my gosh how why haven't I not made room for open air on the Tuesdays anyways I didn't and now I am so um, I'm glad well it's fun it sounds like the <laughs> it sounds like life is is putting its little reminders out all over the all over the place to, to bring folks to yeah, remind folks I, to practice and. Come on home and join in, and then call in to say it. I love that. I love that you're calling in to say hi and that you're here and you're practicing and you're participating. Yeah, Yeah. so grateful. I um, heard a little bit about what Sherry was saying, but um, I'll have to check out the website about what's going on. And I guess also just the humbling thing. There was someone pointed to something of being humbled, and there's something so powerful when you just are at that place and you're like, all right, well, uh, uh, this is it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really, really. It's so pure. Yeah. It's so pure. It's, yep, yep. There's a, it, yep, this is it. That It's so humbling to get to a place in your life where you really get it. This is it. This is it. <laughs> and so, what a um, perfect thanks. thing to, to practice the ability to be with it. Because it's so easy to be taken off, you know, distracted, not really here for it. But when we get it, mm-hmm, that this mm-hmm. is it, we want to be here for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, um, thank you. Thank you. So well, thank you, Anne. Lo- lovely to hear yeah, from you, and I hope we'll... We'll yeah. keep hearing from you. Don't be a stranger. Oh, yeah. I'll be in the queue. No, no, no. I'm the, I'll be Okay, in the good. Queue. <laughs> All right. We'll listen Go for show. you. Thanks, Anne. Yeah. Thank you. Go Thanks for joining us, Anne. And Jen, in the interest of time here, I'm going to bring the next caller on. All right. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Jen and Michael. It's Mark in Chicago. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Hi. You know, a couple, I mean, three weeks ago, there was a phrase in the morning year-long class about how ego shows or projects a movie on my mind. And if I watch the movie, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much in the trap. So I was kind of aware of that when I was meeting with some friends for lunch. And I realized that what I was really doing while I was meeting with them was 
kind of watching that movie on my mind, and it was about you know them reinforcing what I did you know at my job and who I am and and all kinds of things going on. I started wondering what really is friendship you know what what is the um what what is the uh i don't know legitimate or whatever the right word is uh Mm-hmm. part of a relationship that doesn't draw me into that kind of of, uh, of mm-hmm. a place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it sounds like, so hearing that image on the morning show and that that really landed for you and then seeing it in an actual situation in your life where you realized you're out to lunch with these friends, but are you really out to lunch with these friends? Or yeah. are you watching a movie, right, in conditioned mind? And it does, it starts, you know, you can see why all those movies were made, Matrix and, you know, all those things that depict that what's, like, where is reality here, right? If, yeah, I mean, am I physically, I may be sitting here with these people, but but what's going on, where my attention is, is on this movie, in Conditioned Mind. Mm-hmm. And it made me think, and especially you, because yeah. they, they say as you get older, you know, relationships and socializing becomes so much more important and I I'm kind of asking why if I'm going to be involved in relationships and I'm watching a movie it seems like I'm better off being by myself a lot of the time yeah I could just watch the movie in my own head sitting on my couch yeah. by myself yeah. yeah I guess I that wasn't quite what I was thinking but yeah that's a good point <laughs> And so what have you seen about that, Mark? I mean, I know, do you do, I think you do reflective listening buddies, yeah? You've done that practice? I, I, not and, now, not right now, but I have in the past. Not now. Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because, you know, it's that place of, and we've talked about it in a number of different ways, I think, in the year-long retreat over time, of what is it like when we're with someone and we're present? Mm-hmm. Which is really a different process, isn't it? than being, yeah. quote, with people, but the attention is on the movie. Right. I guess my, I guess the angle from which I was kind of asking the question is, what is it, what is the benefit of having someone around, you know, quote, around in a mm-hmm. friendship, as opposed to me calling into the show and talking with you or whoever, and mm-hmm. finding real value in that, why do I have friends? Mm-hmm. And what's your sense of it when you, as you've looked at that? What have you seen about it? I guess what it says is I've, that ego has been so involved in the process of friendship that maybe I don't have any friends, you know, or that I don't have friendships that... <clears throat> Uh, that I'm participating in a way that it's really me. There's something else going on. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. So as you've looked at it, you kind of get to this place of, wow, I mean, do you really have friendships? Or is there something else going on? There's sort of this ego story that's being perpetuated in those friendships. Mm-hmm. And then and where because, does that lead you? Let's well, you know, I, I, if I contrast it with, for example, being at a retreat where the yeah. uh, interactions are, are much more structured and yeah. at least mm-hmm. for that week seem much more 
well, I don't know if fulfilling is the right word, but seems mm-hmm. much more clean. Mm-hmm. Everything seems crystal mm-hmm. clear and clean and straight. Mm-hmm. And there's no question in my mind about what's going on and why am I here and gee, am I wasting my time or, you know, am I mm-hmm. looking to these people to reinforce me or to mm-hmm. help me be somebody that I think I want to be? And all these crazy things that happen when I'm with just a friend. Right. And, right. and um, what, what's different? I mean, is it the structure of a retreat as opposed to the lack of structure and friendship or what? I can't quite see my way into what's, so different and why I experience that so differently. Uh-huh. Well, for one thing, I would imagine that when you're on retreat, you're experiencing quite a bit of presence. Right. Right? Right. right. And as you say, I mean, those are some pretty big clues, what you just said. You're not looking to anyone on retreat to provide you with any certain thing because you can't. <laughs> right? I mean, that's a big part of the structure. It's yeah. designed so that you you can't get, quote, approval and, you know, oh, do they like me? Do they want to sit with me during lunch? You know, do they like, do they like my jokes? Do they, you know, all of that goes away on retreat. And so you can't have that. I mean, I suppose you could. I mean, plenty of people do inside their head. They all hate me and they think I'm this and that, you know. I mean, that, all, that happens too. But it's much harder to... For it to be obscured, it's obvious when those kinds of things go on that that's conditioned mind doing its thing. But it's much harder to see it when we're just out in our daily lives, you know, interacting, especially verbally, with people. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think some of the exercises that we've done in that, you know, in the morning class, uh, phone call thing, um, have helped me see what presence looks like in the real world more than I had experienced before. And to be honest, I don't get yeah. that many, I, I don't, you know, I'm retired and so I don't see people mm-hmm. so much like I used to on a daily basis and have lunch with people mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's a little bit more, so I don't get quite as much practice. And so maybe it's the, um, the novelty almost of, of getting together for yeah. lunch or, actually seeing people, it's caused me to be more aware of what what friendship used to mean. And maybe there's something, yeah. you know, some uh, another way that I, sh- that I can be experiencing that if I really am present. Well, and it sounds, I mean, from what you describe, it almost sounds like, well, that's a really important part of your retreat, right? So in a retreat, right, there are all these different parts, right? We have walking meditation and sitting meditation and, you know, we eat mindfully and sometimes there's working meditation and, and we tend to see different things in those different lenses and those different mirrors. So it sounds like for you, you don't get to interact with people that very often, right? It's not a huge part of your life. And when mm-hmm. you do, you're seeing all these things. And so it sounds like that's a really rich, potentially rich part of your workshop to get to see these particular components that don't tend to come up in other places. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I hadn't and thought about say, it maybe, being... Uh, uh, go ahead. Uh-huh. I was just going to say I hadn't thought about it, about taking advantage of the novelty of the situation to be more crystal clear on presence, but that's a good point. Yeah. Because there's all then then it kind of opens up this whole field of, okay, let's see. So oh cool, I've got another. Uh, okay, I've got a lunch date coming up next week. Okay, I'm gonna 
put it on my calendar to do some recording the day before and then, you know, before I head out the door and then, you know, maybe I'll stop and sit on a park bench and record afterwards and then it just becomes this whole kind of exploration of, well, is it possible to be present? Is it possible to really be with people? You know, okay, so what's the attitude of mind that I bring to retreat? Is it possible to bring that to this lunch with these folks and what does that look like? And you know, very likely since that's new and there isn't that same structure, you know, they're sitting down at the table not with the same privileged environment, you know, kinds of things, probably background. So this is a different kind of a situation. What does it look like here? Yeah, and the other thing is through practice, I, I never realized before that I could be quite as content with nothing except me and a, and a recorder. You know, it always felt like I needed someone else or something else to mm. kind of keep me going, provide some ener- uh, external energy or whatever, fuel for the fire. And, mm. and now that I've had enough experiences of being able to be on my own, be alone, and just look out at the world and say, this is, this is a nice world, um, yeah. you know, it provides a contrast that I never had before. Yeah, that's interesting. Yep. So another thing it sounds like you're saying is that where you used to really need that kind of external, you know, help from people to get the energy moving and that sort of thing, you don't need that so much anymore. And so that right. would change your, your relationship with external relationships, wouldn't it? So then it kind of becomes an exploration of, well, that's interesting. So if the, if I'm not in, in friendships out of a sense of need, because I need you to do something for me so that I can be okay, then that's, that's sort of a, it's a new thing. It's a new exploration. Yeah. What does it mean to be in relationship not from that place of need? That's the next question, isn't it? What does it mean? Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot, Jen. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for calling in tonight. Okay. Take care. Thanks for joining us, Mark. I may have cut you off there at the end, Mark. And thanks for joining us. And Jenna, I also found that that conversation fascinating as well. You know, what is a friend and what's going on with me in relationship to that? And the the skills that I gain through practice and how does that change things? It's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like we always say, right? It's all a workshop. It's all yes. a workshop. It yes. really doesn't matter in particular you know we talk about that wake up in the morning we do a bunch of stuff and we go to bed (laughs) and sometimes that bunch of stuff includes going to lunch with some people and if we're practitioners of awareness the bunch of stuff that we do is all fodder for paying attention and seeing you know essentially what causes us to suffer so we can drop that and then suffering yes and as you reminded us earlier tonight, if there's nothing wrong with any of it, then that sort of <laughs> makes it a lot more pleasant experience to go through it. I mean, really, it really is kind of a <laughs> yeah. playground. Yes, know? yes. It's Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jen, we are at time here, and I want to say thanks to you and thanks to everyone for being here tonight, and I loved the update from Sherry and Ashwini. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. Me too. It's so fun. So much more to be explored there. And thank you, Michael, as always. My pleasure. Thank you. And go happy. All right. Go happy. Bye-bye.
ไป